Hey, Comet fans, are you fun deficient? I know some of you are, but there's a cure for that. It's called Combat Ops Arena. It's on Lay Road. You hear me talk about it every week when you tune into this podcast, but I'm going to keep on talking about it until you get down there. Combat Ops Arena, all the fun you need. You have got laser tag. You have got an arcade. You have got bowling. You have got uh, the Nerf Arena, axe throwing, food, beverages, everything imaginable so make sure you're taking the whole family down to combat ops arena on lay road and go to CombatOpsArena.com and see about everything that they have going on down there it's a lot i'm telling you so combat ops arena on lay road okay let's get rocking with this show Comet fans, how's everybody doing? It is I, Shane Alberani, back for another episode, and it's getting closer to playoff time. That's right, the playoffs are just around the corner. So for today's, for today's show, I'll get that out, I thought I would bring in a guy who played in a lot of playoff games for the Fort Wayne Comets, Mr. Kaylee Schrock. Yes, the former captain of the Fort Wayne Comets and still a huge fan favorite around town. Everybody loves Schrocky. We talk about all kinds of different things in this episode. We'll talk about fighting. Uh, we'll talk about uh, how he's one of the greatest trash talkers of all time and a lot of other things going on with Schrocky as uh, we catch up with that guy. So uh, ah, another great episode. So here you go, Kaylee Schrock on the Combat Ops Arena Comets Podcast. So how long do these, how long are these? It's still whenever. Okay. Whenever we run out of okay. talking about stuff. So, okay. Yeah. All right. So let's start with, uh, so you've been in hockey fights. You've been a rough and tumble hockey player. No major injuries, but a trampoline is your kryptonite. Well, actually, not a trampoline. It was uh, it was the warped wall, the uh, the American Ninja Warrior wall. Oh, yeah, oh yeah. So, so a little hubris on your part that you attack that, or uh... well, so I I can tell you the story. So the my wife's um, nephew, and I guess my nephew now, um, they're best friends. So my nephew and they're they're cousins now, but they're the same age, and we had to watch um, our nieces and nephews over Christmas. And this is a night before the alumni game at Trine. Okay. Right? So we have been playing like, uh, you know, they come over and they just game. Right? So I game with them. And Morgan had finally had enough. And she comes upstairs like, that's it. We're, we're doing something where you have to be active. And so, all right, let's go to Sky Zone. You know, I can throw <laughs> dodgeballs at these guys. And, um, you know, it's like Billy Madison typically yeah. when we go and uh, – I just hammer my, my nephews with, with the dodgeballs, and it's usually a blast, and I, hey, I get a good cardio in too. So we go, and we're playing dodgeball, and um, unfortunately for Morgan, she's got uh, our, our four-year-old niece on her sister's side, you know, and so she's kind of getting bored. She says, that's it, you know, you need to come hang out with me and do what I want to do. So, okay, let's go <laughs> check out this stuff and this new American Ninja Warrior. So I'm doing all the stuff. And then there's those two, like, you know, those those warped walls. There's, okay. like, a mini one and a big one. And I'm pretty, like, most of the time, like, I've got a, a pretty good, like, jump, you know, vertical jump. Yeah. So I'm looking at this thing, and I'm looking at it for about five minutes thinking, <laughs> I don't want to run up and fail in front of all these people. <laughs> and so I go, I go up. I, I finally uh, get enough courage, and I run up, and I grab the handlebars, and I, I slip off. And I'm like, I got this, right? The challenge is getting up. The, yeah. the, you know, the easy part's grabbing the bar and then pulling yourself up. So then the next time I go to run up, I plant my right foot and I just, it literally felt like my foot went through the floor or somebody baseball swung my leg. And I looked behind me, like thinking, <laughs> did Morgan trip me? And, I, and I, I said, what happened? She goes, you just stopped. And um, I said, I think I tore my calf muscle or my Achilles. And sure enough, like, uh, that you know two days later well I played in the alumni game with it too yeah and uh thought the same thing went on the ice and all the old timers are like giving me hell they're like oh you're fine like go you know and I'm like <laughs> I I'm like something is wrong with this thing like I and I you know I figured all these you know all the youth people from trying and the parents um people from Fort Wayne came up to watch the game and it was pretty much a sellout and you know how it is like yeah. when you put on the equipment and you go out in front of a ton of people you're like 
gosh, like I went out for warm-ups, like I can't do this. And then my adrenaline started kicking in and Robbie Irons <laughs> is our coach. And I'm like, I'm just going to go play one shift and get yeah. off. Well, then I had some good, you know, scoring chances and Benny's out there buzzing around, you know, PC's out. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to stick this out. And then the next day my leg just blew up and here I am. Um, what is it? Four months later and I still haven't touched the ice. So just, but never listen to your wife. If you, you know, like that's, <laughs> I try that's, not that, to. That, that's, um, you know, I'm newly wed in September and uh, I guess that's the moral of the story, you know, just just stay at home and play video games. <laughs> did, did you have a moment where, wow, I'm old? No, no, I, I still feel like I still feel like uh, I mean, yes, unfortunately, that that's somewhere in my the back of my my head. But I, you know, I, I let it fester and stay back there and ignore it. Um, but I still feel like when I'm in shape, I'm. You know, I'm as good as I ever was. I, that's what I, if, if if I if I were able to get in shape, and obviously when you're not uh, as active, and I'm not as active as I was when I was playing. But um, I feel like if I I could get back to that level, I'm probably way wrong. Uh, <laughs> you know, probably way wrong. But I feel confident that I could. Right. So right. yeah. Well, you've well, been called on a few times. Chalker still got your number. Yeah. Uh, the, I did. I did go to Brampton this year, and uh, it was that. That was a fun experience. And every time I go, and I went two years ago, I was actually thinking about like going back and playing. Um, there was serious talks about that, and I just is uh, initially it kind of started off. Hey, you know, would you be interested? And I'm like, yeah. I mean, how serious? You know, how yeah. serious are you? And he's like, well, if, I mean, if you want to come, we'll have a spot for you. And I'm like, are you chalk? Are you serious, yeah. sir? And I'm, I'm like, okay. Well, so I talked to uh, Canlan at the time, and. Uh, um, you know, I was the, um, head of athlete development at Canland and couldn't, didn't want to sacrifice, you know, my, my job to go right. up and play, you know, finish out half of the season playing minor league hockey and then coming back and not have anything yeah. back at home or not, you know, maybe, maybe going up there for two weeks and getting cut because I didn't have what it really, um, took, you know, it's just too much of a risk, but Canland, um, I, I tried to work out a deal where I said, Hey, can I go finish the rest of the year, do my administrative stuff from home? Um, you know, from, from Toronto, cause they've got, uh, they've got a, um, a facility in that Brampton Toronto area. So I could have, um, I could have actually went to practices and, and went to, but I wouldn't have been on the ice here and they, they shot it down. And, uh, then I had to call chalk back and tell him, yeah, it's probably not going to work. But when he called me the, this year against KZ, I had to go up there uh, on KZU's opening night. Uh -huh. And, uh, this year it was a lot better because I was actually like the 10th forward. So he yeah. mixed me in the last, the year before it was, um, I was like, they only had eight forwards and I was PKing. <laughs> so playing. you were playing. Oh, it was a disaster. <laughs> I mean, my legs were cramping. Uh, I just remember going back to the bench, killing a penalty and, uh, not thinking when I he, I he initially called me that I would really be in any um, important scenarios on the ice, you know, not having skated uh, like that for two years. But uh, my line mate took a penalty, and uh, so we went out, killed it off, got back to the bench, and he got out of the box like 10 seconds later, and Chalk's like, hey, man, can you go take a quick one? And the face-off was, you know, <laughs> the face-off was all the way down at the other end of the ice from our bench, and I remember like literally – getting on the ice, skating to the face-off dot, and being tired from skating to the face-off <laughs> dot, not even ready to start my shift. And I'm just praying, please win the draw, please win the draw. But, uh, no, it, 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 and that's when you realize um, hockey is not as fun to play when you're not in right. hockey shape. And it takes a long time to definitely, um, you know, get in hockey shape. But when, when I think back to, like, chalker, um, I feel like as far as, like, the fundamentals – I understand why he was so good yeah. um, at his age because I feel like I'm a I'm a better player now. Um, obviously, I'm not being tested, but yeah. I, I'm a better player now as as far as like knowledge of the game, like fundamentals. When you're teaching kids how to do fundamentals over and over and over, you your fundamentals get so right. much better, and and it, it just improves your skills. Like all the little things you're so aware of because you're constantly preaching it, and. I used to think back when Chalker, you know, was doing all the stuff at Canland and I was like in my first two years and just thinking, how is this guy, you know, how is he going to practice? And then how is he like on the ice all night with these kids? How does he have enough energy to, and I still don't know how he was able to do both, but I definitely know that I, I, I know for sure that that helped him in his career because he was teaching and playing at the same time because, um, you know, when you're on the ice every day, even though you're not pushing it, 
like my my edges feel great. It's not like um, you're calling a guy that's hasn't skated for three yeah. years and asking him to come out. Like being on the ice every day certainly helps. It's just the hockey legs yeah. and you're you're not in shape. And when you take a hit, it feels like you're getting hit by a 18 wheeler, you know. But um, but I can understand why he was so good for so long. I'm like, gosh, this is actually some of this stuff is easy, but just the conditioning <laughs> part's the really hard part. But you've got you still got that fire though. I mean, obviously, I mean you you still feel if that phone would ring, uh, you're gonna think about it. Yeah, but uh, you're also gonna think about what it's gonna take to actually get into shape too. Yeah, I you know I th- I think that too. Like um, I'm in a great spot up at up at trying and it, it would just be you know it, it's it's almost more of a pipe dream at, at, at this point it's just with um because you know it's tough it, it would be very difficult for anybody to take it seriously where you're you know you're asking a guy to come back and yeah and and, and you know especially with the the veteran rule so i know it's fun to talk about and think about now when i go watch hockey do i absolutely want to do it 100 percent yeah y- you know because i i do have um you know that'll never go away but that's also what I love about my job is, I mean, I get fired up every day thinking that, hey, there, there could be a kid out there that I could give or help give the same opportunity that um, to that kid that I had, you know. So and to me, there's something special in what I do every day that that would be tough to sacrifice, too. But now if I could work something out where I could do both, well, then I, where's the <laughs> dotted line, you know, but um, it's it's tough logistically to, I think, make those things happen. But um, no doubt. Like when I, when I was doing the radio uh, broadcast with you and it's, uh, it's tough to go back to the Coliseum because I do miss, I do miss it. And, uh, last year just playing or two years ago when I played that game for Brampton and like immediately when I was done, I just wanted more, yeah. y- you know what I mean? And, yeah. um, I just wanted more, but that's, I, I don't know if that'll ever, you know, go, go away, go away, you know, but, yeah. uh, you try to do things to like, I'm very competitive. So no matter what it is, whether it's a, you know, whether I'm gaming or whether it's a men's league game, um, it, it doesn't matter. Like I'm always going to find a way to, to, right. to scratch um, that itch, you know, being competitive. It's just, um, which is so bizarre because I'm, I'm constantly telling parents of, you know, I, I work with, uh, you know, parents and obviously youth sports Yeah, and, it's okay to be competitive, but what you see at the, with these young ages, with these kids are just like the parents are overly competitive and it ruins it for the kids. Like, and has that gotten worse over the years? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I know it was bad when I was a kid and I'm, you know, pushing 50 here. So, yeah, I mean, you just, you know, the, the biggest thing with, with kids is you just have to, you have to create a way, um, you know, for them to have a passion for the game and, and you have to allow them to have fun when they're on the ice. And obviously you want them to be safe, but, um, you know, create an environment where they're having fun with playing hockey and they're going to want to do it more. But the idea to, you know, sign these kids up for 50 games a year and to be so focused on who they're playing when they're eight, nine, 10 is just, I mean, it's disgusting to me, you know, it's like, it's not the right time to be doing that. What's going to happen is, you know, the, these kids are, um, they're just playing too many games too early and they're, and they're not being developed. So then what happens when it is time to win at 16, 17, 18, they don't have the skills required because we are spending too much time focusing on let's try to win this game as a 10 U team rather than let's work on our backwards skating today. Let's, yeah. you know, let's work on different hockey concepts. Let's work on shooting with our head up we just pass all that stuff over because we want to win now. And so they're winning the race or the wrong finish line. And that's one thing I'm, um, you know, still trying to help out with in Fort Wayne with my role on the, on the force. And which is very difficult because everybody's competitive. You know, I coach a 10 U select team and sure. Did I want to win every single game? Absolutely. But it's, it's very hard, you know, for, people who are that way which are most of our coaches and you can't blame them you yeah. want coaches that want to win there's no question about that but you have to be willing to sacrifice a little bit of pride and ego to just you know do what's right and, and play all the kids right yeah. play all the kids so they still enjoy the game and um if that means we're going to lose in a, a tournament or whatever and i have to walk out of this place or shake the other coach's hand knowing we lost who cares right because 
we want kids to be in the game as long as possible. And it's just it's no different than your your right uh, fielder in little league that bats ninth every game, right? That kid is not going to be in baseball in, in three years, yeah. right? Because he just doesn't want to feel like the worst kid on the team, and yeah. he, he doesn't want to be. But if you let that kid play shortstop and lead him off every now and again, what happens to that kid in two years when he hits a growth spurt? And you know now he's playing a different sport, whatever it may be. He's and you've missed out on that opportunity for your program to to have a quality to yeah. have a quality player in your in your program or whatever it is. And it's a, it's no different than hockey. Kids develop at different times. I tell everybody they don't seem to listen, but I mean I had 12 goals in four years at Newman. I had 20 my rookie year. Yeah. Like I learned so much, and this idea that you you know that you have to excel early is such a myth. It's such a um, developmental myth. I mean, you look at, uh, there's numerous guys that uh, play at, the, and, and this other idea that you have to play on the best team to get the best development, yeah. also dead wrong. You know, you want to be on a team where your kid plays, you, you know, where, where you feel like, you know, you, you're the best player on the team yeah. or you have confidence, not, not playing up. Uh, there's more things like, yes, that might help with your hockey development, but there's so much more that goes into it. Are you a leader? Can you help make other kids better? Right. I mean, there's so many more um, variables that people just don't think about. There's the parents are so tunnel visioned on, I got to do whatever it is to make my kid a faster skater. Yeah. But you can be the fastest kid on the earth. If you have no confidence, you're not going to yeah. skate very fast because yeah. you're not going to want the puck. <laughs> you know, like there's, it's um, so fighting that battle is, is a fight that is just ongoing, ongoing. And the beauty about being at Trine is it's a second year program. So I almost can create the culture that I feel is necessary to create, to give the kids um, a great childhood, obviously, but also, per, you know, give them a shot um, to do it the right way and to teach the parents how to do it the right way. It's much more difficult to change that dynamic in Fort Wayne because it's been, you know, it, it's established mm -hmm. that there's, you know, in the, don't get me wrong, where hockey is today is much better than it was four or five years ago sure. when it was high school, um, travel, and house league were all different entities. Now at least they're under one association, so the scheduling and, you know, kids are working to, sure. uh, together, and it, it's, it, but it's still not where it needs to be. So, um, but that's the beauty in it is, you know, everything can, everything can be better, right? Yeah. The road to success is always under construction. Yeah. It's always under construction. You're, you're always trying to build or tweak or, and um, so th that's what I love about what I do is, I mean, it ties in to what I'm passionate about, but at the same time, it's challenging too. Yeah. And it's, it, it's it, challenging. Is it because you think, uh, parents are now forcing kids to specialize in a sport at such a young age that, it, that's, that it's become more pressure filled. Like if you need to choose hockey, if you need to choose baseball, choose football, you have to get better at a younger age. That's part of it. There's a, I think there's a lot of things. Um, definitely early specialization. Right? They think their kid needs to play in the NHL. So they need to do it, you know, to play against all the top talent and get as much ice time as possible. And actually it's the, the complete opposite. And, the um, USA Hockey has what's called the ADM, um, which is the athlete development model. And other sports are starting to take from that. So, like, football is actually going to um, use the ADM. And, and what it is is it's, um, it's a long-term development plan, right, where you're specializing on certain skills during different ages. So at 8U, you're not learning how to run routes, yeah. right? You're learning, or this is football we're talking, but yeah. for any any sport, at eight U, seven and eight, guess what? We just want you to be able to move better. We want you to have good balance, agility. We want to work on your motor skills. So um, you're a better athlete, right? And um, at nine and 10, yeah, we still want to continue those things and build off of, but now we're going to do more hockey specific things. Now we're going to teach you how to shoot or in football, we're going to teach you how to throw a football. And maybe you're doing some of that at seven yeah. and eight, but you're not you know, why are we trying to teach kids the techniques when they still haven't maximized their ability to move or their ability to run, right? Because then, then we're not fully maximizing whatever skill it is we're teaching them, right? So it, it's little baby steps. And what happens in youth sports is you forget about 
those, you, you don't, you don't maximize those steps. You focus on winning instead of, Hey, let's make you, um, let's make you a, a better skater. Or let's work on your crossovers. And then what happens is, or we're doing systems, right? We're, where these kids, you're teaching them, oh, this is, we're going to do a one, two, two, four check. This is how we do it in our system. Okay. And then you drill that in their brains. But what happens when you, when they need to, um, you know, run a trap or when they need to do a two, one, two, uh, teach the kids concepts yeah. that they can take anywhere. Right. And, uh, but that whole long-term plan, um, it talks about playing multiple sports, right? It prevents injuries, right? Yeah. Um, not putting so much pressure on your hips as a hockey player skating all the time. I played baseball growing up. I never played organized basketball, yeah. but like March Madness, we were in the driveway. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. all the time playing one-on-one -on -one yeah. and that like, I mean, that stuff really helped me become competitive. I didn't want to lose to the neighbor kids or <laughs> like, you know, if we went to Haley, um, middle school or Blackhawk, you know, we weren't going to, we weren't going to lose to the other kids out there. You know, and it was the same way in college when our hockey team played intramurals against a soccer team. I mean, our, you know, basketball intramurals or wiffle ball. It was just like the World Series to us, you know, yeah. but that's um, and, you know, when you force any kid or anybody to do something, they're just they're not going to want to do it after a while. You know, I mean, unless you, you that's where that passion comes yeah. from and just, just, you know, teach them the love of the sport or whatever it is they're doing and they're. They're going to be, I mean, hell, you look at these kids now, right? They uh, they play video games, right? Yeah. And they love the video games, right? So what do they do? They get on YouTube and they figure out all the little tricks and intricacies of every single game. And they watch all these expert video yeah. gamers and what they do on YouTube. Why are they doing that? Because they want to get better at the game because they love playing the video game. Yeah. But why that should still apply to hockey, right? Like yeah. go and practice, play games and practice. Right, play two on one, like odd number games, or you know, we play a game and you put a tire, like a warm up drill. We did it for Snyder, where we, we put a tire in the middle of the ice at both ends, so the goalies have to actually defend around. They have to defend the whole tire, so it's three on three. Um, and once that team gets the puck, they have to pass to a coach to go on offense, but then they have to hit the tire to score. So it also, you know, it's like a puck supporting drill, but there's all these different things that they have to do in the drill. The goalie actually has to defend the whole tire. So he's, it's almost like a circular net, yeah. right? So the goalie's working on their skating, which normally you put a goalie on the line and say, Hey, work on your skating. Well, they're, that's going to turn them off after a while. So you have to, you have to hide it, right? It's like making your kid eat vegetables and putting it in a casserole. Like you have to hide it sometimes. So they think it's, you know, yeah. so, so, so they think it's a game, but really you're, you're really working on and it's and it's healthy for the the kids but yet they're also having fun so they want to do it more yeah and then when they get older then it's like okay this is really fun in the games how do i get better at this now i'm more serious now i understand well gosh if i was a little bit faster or a better skater now i have to like i, I would score more goals and that's the fun part so then they're going to be more likely to sign up for a power skating class yeah. or go to laura stom's hockey camp or you know do a lesson with john salway because Hey, I want to get better, right? But yeah. if you try to put the cart before the horse, it just doesn't. So when when you were playing, did you ever have these concepts like, uh, you know, when you're on the ice and if you're you're playing for for Al Sims and he comes up with a drill, but you come up with something different? Is that something that you would have talked to Al about? Um, or were you just taking it in at that point? Yeah, at that age, I didn't know what I knew now, but I yeah. did know, um, and I got better at this. And I don't like my, I, I remember very little from like, I remember practices, but I know Al, um, you know, he had done it for so long. So he, he could literally map out the entire yeah. season and he'd make little tweaks as the season went on. But after you played for him for three or four years, you knew the, every single drill, right? There wasn't a lot of new stuff he would throw at us and in, yeah. in practice. I mean, he, and in my opinion, um, he really didn't need to like with the guys that we had at that time, like, um, it, you know, I mean, you have to adapt and change, but when, when a certain way has worked for so long and it did for Al, I mean, you can't question the guy's win loss record and how many championships he yeah. won in Fort Wayne. But I think the challenge there was Shane is, um, you know, once you've, once you've seen the drill a hundred times, it's what skill can I improve on or how do I win this drill? Like, and that's a, that's something that's so difficult 
um, to do is um, make yourself better and not go through the motions, right? Anybody can go to work or anybody can go to practice yeah. and just get through the practice. But how are you, how are you improving, right? Like, and, and if, so if it's like a warm up drill, right? If, if it's like a, you know, we do this drill, it's called, um, it's called Bruins high low. And I've done it on a lot of teams, but we do it in Fort Wayne all the time where you, you have, if you're, if you're listening, you know, you, you have all the players in all four corners of the rink. Okay. And like the diagonal sides, right? So if I'm in the, the right corner, the, the left corner across from me, we're going to be low. And that means we just, we skate the puck around our, our neutral zone dot and go take a shot on the net, the closest neutral zone dot. And then the players to the left of me on my side, they're high and they have to go to the far neutral zone dot mm. and come. So it's, you know, there's four players moving at once, but in that drill, for instance, all you're really doing is it's a warm up drill for the goalies yeah. essentially. So like little things that I would try to do to make myself better. is okay. I'm not going to stick handle. I have to hold the puck on my forehand the entire time. Right. So I'm going to try to keep my head up as long as I can. I'm not going to look down once. Um, very simple, you know, I mean, once you, you know, pro players should be able to do that. But then also when I take my shot, I'm going to shoot for a rebound because we're trying to warm the goalies up. So I'm not going to throw something in his glove where he can just catch it. I'm mm -hmm. going to throw something, you know, two feet off the ice and try to get a rebound five feet in front of the goalie. So like, those are two things every time we did that drill that I would try to do. And I would also try to look at every, the three other guys when I was doing that drill. Like, so my, I'm kind of, my head's on a swivel. I'm not just automatic movement, automatic movement, because that's not the way hockey's played. But you, you know, there's yeah. like, so that's an example of just one way on a very easy, simple drill. How are you making yourself better or else you're just going to go through the motions. Yeah. Right. And, um, you know, we talked, talked about development. Sorry, I could talk about this for six hours. Um, but you know, and they do a great job of this in Europe and Finland is when, you know, hockey is a lot of times when we teach hockey or coaches teach hockey, they put cones on the ice, right? And we do like systematic movements. So you're going to do a figure eight around this cone, then you're going to go sh shoot on the net, right? Um, we need to get away from that, right? We need to have more controlled chaos and practices because hockey is all reading and reacting. There's no, there's no, nothing you can do in practice that's a set play or, or drill that you can see yourself doing a game. Yeah. Except for maybe a face-off play. That's about it, right? But even if you're on a power play and you have a, and you have a play you run, that, that play might be different based on what the penalty kill coverage is, right? Or how much time and space the guy on the half all is. So, it, um, you know, and I guess to, to use an analogy, right? Like I could, I could ask you, okay, what's, what's 18 times 56, right? And I mean, you're not going to, yeah, I don't know. You have no <laughs> clue. Right. So, but like, as I, and I have no clue either. That's yeah. why I'm going to get my, uh, my calculator out. Okay. But it's 1008. Okay. Right. So if I told you, Shane, at practice today, you know, what's 18 times 56, Okay. Yeah, 1,008. 1,008. Yeah. What's yeah. 18 times 56? Right, 1,008. You're going to get it right every yeah, time, yeah. right? So if I if I tell yeah. if, if I teach a kid, you're going to do this figure eight drill, and you're going to toe drag at each cone. Perfect. They can do that, right? No question. They, yeah. they, they'll be able to do that. But can they toe drag around a D-man um, in a game? Or can can they can they make that toe drag or fake it and, and make a pass? Like, so to, to finish the analogy, like, I could I could teach you that one thing, or I could teach you multiplication, where you can figure it out in any, any two numbers I give you. Yeah. Right. So that's another issue with kind of develop development and, and to go back to practices is you have to force your, your players to read and react and, um, and practice all the time. You have to do drills where your players are under pressure because I, I can remember plenty of times, and this is not only with the Comets, but with, um, with other teams where you're running a, a five on O drill and it looks great in practice. And then you get out and you, you try it in, in a game against uh, – and it feels like you're playing the, you know, the, the Soviet Union team because you have no time and space yeah. and you can't 
And then coaches wonder, well, we just worked on this or pr- and for all week in practice. Well, you, yeah, you did it with yeah. no pressure, you goofball. <laughs> you, you know, like what, what do you think's going to happen? Like, yeah. And that's why it's so important, um, the small area games, you know, the three-on-three stuff where, like, you don't have a lot of time and space to react. And, you know, we talked about the other night um, during during some of the games when, you know, we felt like maybe the team was, was moving the puck too quickly and there was too many turnovers. Mm-hmm. Well – you know, sometimes when you you're ha- you have pressure in hockey, you 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 need to hold the puck, right? And you need to wait for support. But a lot of a lot of guys get in habits where they feel the pressure, and that's when they want to release the puck. When it's the complete o- like if yeah. you feel pressure, sure you, you there is a time and a place where if you feel pressure, you need to make a play. But also being patient and understanding, okay, if I accept this pressure, and I and I find a way to give myself a little bit more time and space. It not only allows players to get a little bit closer for puck support, but I'm also not making bad decisions, right? And I, I think that's one thing that is really tough to stretch the panic point, especially at players at a young age. But it took me a long time. I mean, Chalker and Gee would always make fun of me because when I, uh, you know, I would, I wouldn't look up. I would just get rid of the puck because I was afraid yeah. to have it on my stick. And then after. You know, I, I played a while. That was one of the things I really needed to work on was hold the puck even when you feel like somebody's going to take it away. And, and that actually became one of the stronger areas of my game was, was puck protection. But um, that's another area where kids really struggle because it's, it's, very, it's very difficult to control the puck, um, keep your head up, and not get knocked on your booty. Right. You know, and, and, and also <laughs> but, make, but make a good play. It's pretty easy when somebody's coming at you to – pull the shoot and yeah. hey, it's throw the grenade. Hey, it's somebody else's problem, not mine. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So going back to your playing days, what was it like? I mean, you were one of the only guys from Fort Wayne ever to play for the Comets. I mean, it's, it's quite the honor. You know, you had, uh, you know, Brandon Warner, uh, Colin Chin, but those guys really weren't from Fort Wayne. They were from the area around Fort Wayne. You were the first guy from Fort Wayne. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Uh, you got Chinner of uh, New Haven and uh, uh, Brandon from Huntertown. Okay. So wow. Technically, <laughs> Fort Wayne, you were the only guy. Well, no, I, I think, um, I mean, I had it was, it, it was so much fun. You know, I remember um, sometimes waking up in the morning and thinking, like, gosh, like I had to pinch myself. Like yeah. honestly, like is this really, is this like really gonna happen? And then, and as I, as I um, grew throughout my career, you know, then it became inevitable. Like, gosh, like I got to really enjoy this because it's not going to last forever yeah. either, you know? And I feel like I really did. Um, I, I couldn't have enjoyed it any more than I did, you yeah. know? And I, and I still think back and I'm still lucky that I, because it's opened so many doors for me and it's, it's um, helped give me a little bit more credibility than, than maybe somebody in my position um, would have had, had they not been yeah. able to do what I did, you know? But, uh, Definitely. I mean, I, it's so much fun to be able to play in front of your friends and family, especially after going to college and juniors and grinding it out and you're on the road and you never see your friends and family, but to have people say, Oh, I saw you at the the game. And you just forget that, wow, you actually watched me play hockey. That's, that's (laughs) weird because normally that doesn't happen for, you know, 99% of the the players in the league. And and you being from Fort Wayne, obviously you live here your whole life, you know, so these guys come to town, they don't know anything about the city, but here you are. (laughs) You you can tell everybody about everything. (laughs) Well, it's funny because like, you know, obviously when you go on the road, so it's one thing, it was actually a challenge for me is, um, you know, when you live in your hometown, you still have to, you know, you still have friends here. Yeah. You have family here. Like for me, I had, uh, I was working for Northwestern Mutual, as you know. That's right. And so there was other things going on for me. Yeah. It wasn't like I was just, you know, uh, moving to a different city because for, for minor league hockey players, you're, you're living in a different city. All you do is hockey, right? You're yeah. around your, the guys all the time. So like, I probably didn't get to experience that side as much because I still had, you know family I had to you know yeah. like, but but I but I enjoyed yeah. it and so sometimes I'd have to remind myself like when guys would go out all the time yeah like I wouldn't always because I hey man like I you know <laughs> right. like oh my, yeah my mom's a, making dinner tonight, yeah it's a different it, perspective you don't think about that y- y- yeah. yeah so I don't I think a lot of yeah. times guys would wonder like does Shrocky not like us and yeah I'm like, no I mean I mean I'm gonna I 
by the time they got to know me, they obviously knew yeah. I was a, a big joker and, and enjoyed, loved being at the rink. And sure, I would go out, but, and I was never much of a, you know, a, a drinker anyways. Yeah. Not, but I, you know, I'd, when I went out, I'd go out and have a ball yeah. and yeah. probably make a fool of myself. And guys would say, <laughs> oh man, do you see Shrocky out? And uh, I think even one time I, I may have jumped from the, the balcony at flashbacks right on the dance floor, which I'm not proud of, but, um, you know, so I, I didn't, I didn't go out a lot because also I'm, I'm not a big, I'm not a big party guy. I'm, yeah. I'm I love communicating with people. And I yeah. love people, but I'm actually more, um, um, introverted. Yeah. But it's, it, you know, like now it's like, you know, the guys just had practice today and that's it for their day. They don't have anything else to do, but you still had a life. I mean, it's just bizarre. Actually, when I think about it, it's like, you can go home, you can go see your mom, you can go see your dad, you can it's, hang out with your friends, you can have a job. Yeah. I mean, you can. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 so that's, that's where it was a lot different. Yeah. It was a lot different. Now, don't get me wrong. I remember, um, like, you know, I, so I lived with my parents my rookie year. Then I had a girlfriend for, I think, uh, two years. And then uh, I was single for about um, two years, five and – or years four and five. And my first year when I was single, I, I lived in an apartment with J.M. Risk. And that was <laughs> in the – that was the year as a Central League, I think, yeah. 2012, when we won it all. And that was probably – you know, it was weird because I live northeast. You know, I yeah. live in Georgetown Place where my parents – uh, do and I actually bought a house in Georgetown Place, but um, we we lived in Fountain Lake, which is kind of like right off of you know Reed Road. Yeah. And it was like, gosh, like I've lived in this, but I I felt like I was almost away from home, living <laughs> living right. with him, you know, like living in the apartment. It it was a little bit of a different feel, but like that was probably the most fun I had because I, I mean, I was single living in Fort Wayne, but it felt like like what the other guys felt like. Yeah. And I mean, you, yeah, and you, yeah. I mean, you played how many years pro six, six years. Okay. Yeah. And you didn't have to leave your hometown. Never. I mean, it's probably, I, I mean, there's probably not very many guys like you, you know, by six years, you probably paid on, on 12 teams. Yeah, <laughs> Most yeah, guys, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And I, I remember even, uh, when we beat Port Huron, my rookie year in 2010, Stan Drulia was a coach. And then he went out to, um, the next year he went to Wheeling and he was trying to recruit me to go play in Wheeling. And I had heard that we were maybe going to the, the cent, you know, the central yeah. league or maybe the ECHL. And, um, so I think that year I actually, I think I went to camp in Hershey the next year because Boudreaux. Yeah, that's right. Cause Boudreaux, um, watched us play against Flint cause he's watching Benny. Right. And he actually, yeah. after the, after the game, he came in and, he said, Hey, would you, you're, you know, you, you've got really good wheels. Would you like to go to camp and, you know, and Hershey and that the next year was the year of the lockout. So, I mean, it was actually, it was, it was pretty neat to go to that camp and just, you know, uh, Braden Holtby was in, yeah. in net and uh, there was a lot of, I mean, great players, but you know, you, it's just, it, it's, it's crazy to, it, it's crazy to look back and, and think about all those things that happened. But yeah, I, I to get back to the point, I was never really, um, I, I was never really going to leave. Although I, a couple times yeah. I, I really thought about, it. I talked to Robbie Laird, I think after that season and, uh, he was trying to get me to go out and play and are not trying to get me, but offered me the opportunity to go out and play on their double A team, the Ontario rain, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. I yeah. was, that was when I was really considering it. Yeah. And, um, I think actually, um, uh, I think they gave me a letter just so I would stay, even though, <laughs> even though, and, and that I, I remember coming back and feeling really awkward, like, cause, um, like I don't think Leo or PC had one, and I felt like they sh they deserved right, a lot more right. than me. So it actually probably it wasn't the best decision. And honestly, like I I didn't even really, you know, I I didn't really want it or even ask for it, but it was just like one of those things where like they you know, we're going to make you an assistant captain and all this stuff. And, um, but at the end of the day, like, I don't know if they, and I never told them this cause I wanted, you know, I wanted to have leverage, yeah. but, um, I don't think I was ever really gonna, gonna leave unless I had a real shot at playing in the AHL, you, you, you know, like, yeah. you'd, uh, um, like if, if I went to Hershey and they said, Hey, would you want to stay here? And I absolutely would have done that in a heartbeat, but, um, to play at the same level for somebody else, yeah. uh, it was, it's, I, you know, 
probably not going to please. <laughs> <laughs> so would it be odd if, if Chalker, if, if Brampton comes to town, it's like, hey, I only have eight forwards. Can you suit up tonight in the Coliseum on the opposite side? Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, so, like, the thing is, um, that's, you know, I love the game of hockey, right? And I love the Comets, but – like we talked about, right? That that passion for the sport. Yeah. Like nothing will trump that to me, right? Nothing. Yeah. So I mean, I could go out if, uh, I mean, if Dayton reemerged and you know, <laughs> and, and they said, hey, would you want to come play for us this weekend? Like, would I do it? Yes, because I'm a hockey player. Right. You know, like, do I love the Comets? Absolutely. Will I always, um, you know, will I always root for them and cheer for them? Absolutely. Um, I mean, I grew up watching them with my dad. Yeah. You know, like season ticket holder, and. Uh, but nothing trumps the, my love for the game, right? And uh, if, if Chalk came in and he said, hey, we absolutely need you, bec- and um, would you want to suit up in Fort Wayne? Like, it's nothing against Fort Wayne. I just yeah. guess that would be so fun to go yeah. out and play again in the Coliseum. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, I would absolutely take advantage of that opportunity. I was hoping that I would was going to be able to do it on, <laughs> on, on New Year's because um, – you know, I, he had enough guys by that point, yeah. and I had a torn Achilles. So <laughs> that's the first thing I thought. I'm like, dang it, I'm going to oh. miss the alumni game, and what if they need me? Then I'm not going to – I missed my chance to come back in the jungle. But, yeah. <laughs> Still would have been odd, but uh, interesting, to say the least, if that uh, would ever happen. But, uh, yeah, I'll tell the fans, please don't boo me. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they, they, I, love I, you, I love you guys. Oh, that, that would be uh, the most conflicted, I think, uh, you know, since Steve Fletcher, you know, played in Atlanta after he played here in Fort Wayne. I think yeah. that would be uh, a lot of fun. But <laughs> Well, then, you too, you gotta re- you got to remember that um, Colin Chalk was my captain. Sure. Y- y- you sure. know, so, like, the guy did a lot for me in my development. So, like, not to try to help him out if he needs a player and, uh, you know, uh, I, would, I always help out my – my, my teammates you yeah. know, and I have a lot of great ones that, uh, um, that lucky for me, I've been able to play with. And I mean, that bond never goes away either, you know? So, yeah. so you're, you're teaching a lot of kids, you're teaching every level, you're teaching kids, you're teaching high school. Um, does, does trash talking, do you teach them that at all? Because you're one of the world's greatest. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to, so that <laughs> I, I really, I don't want to get in trouble here. Like definitely not at the youth level. Um, but you'd agree uh, we joke about it, but it's part of the game. It's gamesmanship. It, it, I mean, you have to get under people's skin. It is. It is. But remember, Shane, <laughs> you don't, you don't, te- I mean, you tell I'm an not eight, talking yeah, a nine year old, <laughs> but okay. A 16 year old kid, you might you, you tell an eight year old that, and I'm going to get a bullying charge, you know, like, uh, that's the way it is, you know? So, um, now, have I have I given a hint to one of my <laughs> high school players to maybe maybe say something to yeah. another kid on the ice? Uh, maybe I've done that. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, you know, and and some of the stuff, you know, what, what's so fu- I mean, I guess what's still fun is like with my high school teams. Like you know, they I've got a good relationship with those kids, and um, you know, a lot of times. I'll put on my equipment and go out with them yeah. and te- like, cause if I don't like the way they're talking or communicating in practice or their effort level, I'll wear my full equipment and just go out and do battle drills with them. Yeah. And like, say, that's how you need to work for the puck, you know? Yeah. And they're like, and, and then, uh, then I'll go out and start chirping them and then they'll, they'll, they'll kind of start chirping me back. Well, I didn't think I could hit you. You know, you're, you're old and, <laughs> and you know, buddy, I'm still faster than you'll right. ever be, you know? And, uh, so, you know, I definitely, yeah, d- definitely still keep that up. Maybe a little bit uh, less, but definitely with the high school kids, there's times <laughs> and you can you can kind of chirp them and they'll and and they'll think it's. I mean, they think it's hilarious. But you were one of the greatest. I oh, mean, okay. I you were the best. I mean, the yeah. stories I heard about you were just phenomenal. And I mean, there's a few that are PG that we could share here on this show, uh, but a lot were not. But uh, so many that I had so many laughs. I'd get off the air, we'd get on the bus, and I'll hear. You should have heard what Shrocky said too. <laughs> Can yeah. you believe Shrocky said that to the guy? <laughs> yeah, you know sometimes. Um, <laughs> there's probably some that I uh <laughs> that I don't regret but I, I I probably um had I you know if I was playing today maybe wouldn't have wouldn't have said it because I feel bad now um but you know it also goes like I was a very easy like you know, let's like I was an easy guy to chirp too sure because, you know you get guys coming in saying oh you know the only re- you know you're, you're the the mayor of Fort Wayne, that's the only reason, you know, you've got a spot on the team or they'd call me, you know, the native, you know, or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, 
So, you know, I, I got it a lot. I got it a lot too, no doubt, yeah. but I was not afraid to give it, give it back or even take it to the next level. All right. You want to, you know, you want let's just stop talking and just finish this at center ice. You know, right. like I had no issues doing that, but, um, but then when you, you know, when you are a, you know, a smart ass, you, you excuse my language, yeah. but you do have to, you have to back it up once in a while, yeah. you, you know? And I think, um, just the way I played and the way I talked, it was inevitable that I didn't really have a choice to, you know, to, to work on that part of my game too but but no. did you ever like when you like all right I'm gonna say this to this guy but I know I'm gonna have to answer for it I mean did you or was it just like I'm just mad I'm just gonna let it fly or was it something calculated I mean there was times when I mean <laughs> there was times when I would say stuff and I I wouldn't necessarily want to I, I don't think I really ever said much um it's really tough to to say things to get somebody to to fight you like definitely it can happen and yeah. i felt like i was good at it but like nine times out of ten you're probably gonna have to do something yeah you know or, or or go way overboard with what you say and there was times i definitely no question did that um but there's also just you know those times where you just want to be quick-witted and, and funny and like yeah you, like like i remember scroy remember that guy uh -huh. from texas and like i probably would have never yeah. fought that guy because he was just like a total total meathead i probably would have never s squared off with him um but i remember at the beginning of the game like just in warm-ups just you know lipping him and, and just going out there pretending i was like super tough like yeah you know like i swear to god scroll if you hit me i'm gonna i'm gonna break your wrist i'm gonna two-hand you you're, you're, you know you're softer than baby poo and <laughs> just like you know just kind of get and he's just looking at me like i would just squash you and i knew that he probably would squash me but you know, it's it's also like what you see in UFC, like yeah, like if you're a little bit scared of somebody, or you know, and you're not gonna show it one bit, like you're just gonna act like you're, and then hopefully they think you're crazy and just leave you alone, <laughs> or or they do take your head off. You right. Know? I remember there was a fight. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but it was the it was one fight he played on um with Butler in Arizona. Gosh, I can't remember his name, but he was a big burly guy. he looked like butterbean or whatever that <laughs> right you know the boxer yeah yeah, yeah yeah just like and um gosh I'll, I'll i'll remember his name after we're off the podcast and it'll <laughs> drive me nuts but uh i squared off with him and i would always remember like against the big heavy guys like don't let them connect on your face you know right don't, don't protect pro oh you got to protect the the you know the money maker well just i mean <laughs> that too but you know you, you also don't want to because i've been punched in the face obviously numerous times and um even even little guys can can oh sure can, can do heavy yeah. heavy damage you know but just thinking I'm not gonna let this guy ruin my career or, <laughs> or give me a concussion and yeah I remember um, I would always try to duck the first punch you, you know like duck and like especially with bigger guys it's much more difficult for them to connect because obviously yeah. they're they're taller right so it's easier to duck their punches but when I <laughs> when I went to duck I slipped on the ice. And I didn't know where he was. And I'm like, oh, boy. So I just – I literally just put just my head down. And I felt – I mean, he, he – I mean, I'm surprised he didn't crack my head open. But he hit me twice really good on the head. And that was one of the fights I definitely just hands down lost. Every, pretty much any other fight besides maybe the one in, the one in Indy where I broke my orbital bone. Um, I always felt like, yeah, I might have lost quite yeah. a few. But I felt like I had a chance or that it, it wasn't like – I never felt like I went out there and just got my butt whooped, right. but that was definitely one where I went back <laughs> to the box thinking, I'm lucky it wasn't worse. Yeah. You know? But, yeah, you definitely – sometimes you do have to – But you, you had guys you fought multiple times, like the, uh, Sawyer down in Evansville. Didn't you guys drop Sawyer, quite a bit? Well, I I fought a lot and of he guys. He was Wichita, maybe. He was Wichita. That's right. I mean, I only fought him once, actually. Um, but there was guys like McAway on Evansville that he was – That's who I was thinking yeah, of. Okay. McAway, I did not like him. And that was one of the guys that I we actually did not like each other. Yeah. You know, most of the guys that. So there's there's an honor between you guys. You know, I mean, a mutual respect. I mean, not necessarily like them, but you understand where they're coming from. But there's guys you just basically disliked. Yeah, like like at the time, like I'm sure he's a great guy. You know, but when I was playing, I yeah. did not respect McAway one bit. I absolutely, I mean, I'll say I hated him. Yeah. You know, so like any time I I would. You know, I would just run him every single chance I got, and I would fight him every game if I could. Yeah. Y you know, but uh, um, back when I was playing, uh, there's definitely guys like that that you just um, like Palmer was another one that um, 
I only fought him once, yeah. I think. But then after what he did with to Chalk, you know. I was in Bloom, played for Bloomington, right? I think yes, that, yes, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. And uh, I remember, um, and I kind of felt responsible because after um, I forget, he he jumped somebody, and something happened where I forget, maybe it was our goalie or he he, he hit somebody from behind. I forget what it was. Uh, maybe it was even Chalker. I think it was. I actually he think hit it was. Chalk, maybe he yeah. hit Chalker from behind. And then, so, like, everyone's like, okay, we've got to um, – so somebody's got to uh, fight this guy, you know. And so, like, went out there the next game, did everything I could to try to fight him. He would not go with me. Finally, the ref said, just get away from him. You know, we played him three – we played him, like, three times yeah. in, like, a week. And I got back to the bench, and Sims was like, just, you know, let it go for now. Just catch – you know. And, but then, like, Molly would go out and, like, try to fight him, and he would not fight anybody. And – which I lost a lot of respect for him because, you know, even if I hit somebody at yeah. the end of the game, like, and it was a cheap hit, like, I knew I was going to have to fight them later. Like, Surma, I did that with yeah. him. And he was actually – like, I hit him at, the, like, one second left in a 5-2 game. And he's like, you know, you beep, beep. Like, <laughs> yeah. next game I'm going to beep. And uh, I said, okay. Yeah. But, like – and I actually – I fought him next game right from the, the get-go and just got it done yeah. with. Um, but Palmer would not – and then, of course, Chalker asks him, like, Chalker's like, I'm going to take this in my own hands. I'm going to fight yeah. the guy. And then he knocks Chalker out. And it's like, you know, like, I don't have a lot of respect for a guy that he not only cheap shots your best player, but then he doesn't answer the bell with anybody that's his size or is tough, you know, maybe tougher than he is. And then Chalker comes at him, and then he fights Chalker again. Like, just – and then, obviously, that inspired the boost, you know, Superman punch right. on the goalie. That's right, and then, yeah. And then – and then you you know you you know then Palmer you got to ask yourself now my goalie's got a broken nose you know um, I had s five other players on my team that had to answer for me not atoning for what I did yeah and that's just kind of guys like that are you know a, that just don't answer the bell and that when they should yeah because there's nothing wrong with playing harder throwing a big hit and, yeah. and sometimes you throw a hit and it's against a skill guy or and you have to you know, you yeah. have to answer the bell sometimes, and that's just part of being a hockey player. And was were there nights where you know what? It's a Wednesday night. This place is kind of kind of dead. Let's let's get the crowd going. You know, you talk to somebody like, all right, let's let's get this going. This game isn't going anywhere. Let's let's drop them and get people on their feet. Yeah, let's I, get a little I, energy in the I, building. I actually did that with Thorny. <laughs> <laughs> that's where I was going with that. <laughs> I did that with Thorny, and he was like. Uh, I'm like Thorny and warm up because I we played him once and he was like no nah, I'm not gonna fight you Shrock and then and then we I think it was like was it maybe it was New Year's Eve even like there it was a big crowd yeah you know so like usually you want to do it like well there's a and there's a big crowd yeah. sure there's times and you have to and but no one really wants to fight on a Wednesday night anyways you know or a Sunday <laughs> right. but uh, yeah there was um that that was that game and Thorny's like okay um is we're not gonna we're not gonna square off though we're just gonna drop him and go <laughs> I said fine and I don't think we were really I mean yes we were we were definitely trying to win the fight but we yeah. weren't trying to hurt you know right, I wasn't right, trying right. to like knock Thorny out yeah. not that I try to knock anybody out yeah but not that I could knock Thorny out you know, he's a <laughs> tough kid you know so yeah that was definitely one I remember uh I remember a game when um it was actually after Christmas, and we had to play Muskegon my rookie year. And um, I remember just, like, taking four days off for, for yeah. Christmas, you know. And, like, you're, you know, that's typical. But then the day we, we didn't have any practices, that next we just had to go to Muskegon and, and play. And, and I felt like absolute garbage. And I, I scored two goals, like, in the first period. And the next period, uh, Big Snake comes out. And he's like, hey. You <laughs> That's want, a big dude right there. He's like, hey, you want to go? And I'm like, I'm, I'm like, no. I'll fight Little Snake. <laughs> and, and, Is your brother and, back yeah, there? Yeah. I'll fight Little Snake. And he just started laughing and said, okay, I'll leave you alone. I'm like, thank God. So uh, were there, because I mean, I mean, Trocky's a funny dude. So it's like, I'm sure there's times where you were trying to act tough, but just got to laugh. Because it was funny. Oh, for 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 sure. Like, and that was definitely one of them. Like, if you are funny, maybe sometimes you make a guy laugh. See, I was always funny, so it's like I got you out of a lot of trouble. If you yeah, could yeah, funny your for, way no, out of for stuff, for sure. Like Tyrion Lannister, you know. <laughs> like, uh, no, no doubt. And uh, I I remember that one. And um, yeah, there's just and same thing for, for like uh, I remember I forget who it was, but uh, 
it, it was a heavier guy and it was like early in my career and you know i really hadn't fully understood that you just can't ask people to fight like when you fought 26 times if you ask like you know a semi-skilled player to yeah. fight they're, they're gonna say no every time you yeah. just gotta find more creative ways and i remember asking somebody to go off a of face off and looked at me like like are you crazy and said i'll go go where mcdonald's i'll go to, I'll go to mcdonald's I, I thought that was funny you know I, I'm like, oh. I'll go with mcdonald's at the end of the game and I, I don't know what you're talking about but like just you know th- th- those kind of things or you know yeah i also i gotta tell a story about how shrocky got me in trouble one night uh, we were playing Rapid City during the playoffs. One of the, I forget maybe that second time we played them, and it was a crazy series. And I did all the video back then. So my goal was to – I mean, it was a close series, so I'm being told to to make sure you you, you get every scrape, you get everything, because the guys get, were getting suspended, guys were getting fined, guys were doing everything. So I'm, I'm staying real close on things, which I really shouldn't be doing. But I was kind of told, like, hey, keep an eye on everybody. Keep, you know, keep your shots a little bit longer than normally you would. Shrocky, you score a goal late in the game, and I think after that you got drilled by somebody. It was an empty netter. Empty netter. And I got need. There you go. By uh, Conrad Reeder. There you go. And and Shrocky's down on the ice, <laughs> and people are coming over, helping him up. So I'm like, oh, boy, I got a good shot of that. And it's like uh, I have to show the league people how hurt Shrocky is so this guy can get suspended. Shrocky gets down to the runway, and I'm zooming right in on Shrocky. I've got a beautiful shot right across the way, and Shrocky does the river dance <laughs> and blows my whole theory up. <laughs> and it was like, why did you zoom in? That's what I heard the next day. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, well, I definitely tried to sell it. You know? Oh, you did because you fooled me. Yeah, yeah. I, I tried to sell it, and then um, and then I could see him because he. I think he got kicked out of the game. Yeah. He was across, yeah. and I was like – jumping up and down like i'm okay but they don't know that and of course yeah you you, you knew it yeah but, so uh, yeah so uh, uh he would have probably gotten suspended but instead just got thrown well, out of the well, game i can blame myself for that <laughs> <laughs> you know because yeah he did kind of stick his knee out but yeah um and i scored and like uh sullied right at him you, you yeah know? and so i kind of had it come and there's another game where they had a guy named limp right on their team yeah yeah and he, and yeah uh, scored a goal in the playoffs and just literally skated right at him and just almost threw a body check at him after a goal and uh because we all hated rapid city i mean there's no question about that yeah but no th- yeah those are good times I, I remember that for sure it's actually on youtube still <laughs> somebody pointed that out yeah i think that's my video i think that's up there <laughs> oh it probably is yeah yeah like oh yeah molly's all concerned like helping me off the ice and stuff and i'm like i'm fine <laughs> But hey, it could have hurt my knee. It could have. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't a, a, a trampoline or anything. I mean, it, so uh, w- <laughs> or whatever on, it was. Shane, it was a warped wall. <laughs> I'm not gonna, have, not gonna argue with you again about that again. It was a warped wall. A warped wall. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So. All right. So uh, I'm glad we did this, man. Oh, absolutely. It's been a lot of fun, the Shane and Shrocky show. Yeah. Um, no. Thanks a lot, and uh, it's been a pleasure going on the radio. I, I enjoy it, and uh, gets me back and. It gets me back in the game, and uh, it's fun watching the Ks, especially this time of the year. Hopefully, they can uh, they can do some damage as long as they get in. You never know. I remember That's right. we, we one year uh, we knocked off Reading as the eight seed, yeah. right? And uh, I think we we're the first team in ECHL yeah. history to do that. So yeah, it can definitely be done. You just got to find a way in. Yeah. So. All right, man. Well, I hope to see you around in the playoffs. Maybe uh, you know Robbie's got to go back to Florida. I'll give you a call. And it's been a lot of fun doing games with you, man. I hope we get to do it a lot more. Yep, for sure. Thanks, Shane. All right, thanks, buddy. Still one of the best interviews around. Kaylee Schrock, my good friend. So glad he was able to uh, come on down here. I managed to uh, con him to coming on down here to the office uh, to do this podcast. It was part of uh, you know his payment uh, for men- for letting me uh, let him on the air this past couple of weeks doing color with me. But uh, Schrocky, uh, again, thanks a lot for coming on in. I hope everybody enjoyed it. And I'm sure everybody uh, still likes uh, seeing Schrocky hanging around the Coliseum. So that'll do it. Another show is in the books. Playoffs are just around the corner, so we're going to have to see how uh, the schedule kind of plays out, whether uh, we keep on doing some of these episodes, but hopefully we will be able to keep doing these throughout the playoffs. But uh, if not, it has been a great run this season. Thanks for everybody for listening. Of course, thank our house band Elm Trees in for providing all of the music for all of these shows, and please go check them out online. Just go to elmtreason.com. So another episode is in the books, the Combat Ops Arena Comets podcast, and I thank you for listening.